0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Stephen Zantz, joined by my co-host, Stephen Russo. Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. It's become official or not officially official. We'll go through tomorrow when he passes his physical. Stephen, how are you feeling? We are here. This saga is over.
1: It's a uh, a good day to be a Jets fan. I would feel, you know, you and I were talking before the show, I'd say, You still, it's hard to contain your excitement. Like you're still obviously excited. I think the way that I would term it though, is a little bit more relieved than anything just to finally have it done and over with. Um, You know, a couple of weeks ago, you, me, and Joe Caparoso, we did, uh, we did one show that was my first show back said surgery, just to kind of give you a broad uh, uh, understanding of the timeline here. I had my surgery on March 8th, March 7th. I think the day before was uh, we were tracking the plane, Woody Johnson and and, and co fly, flying out to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers. So like it was hot and heavy then. Funny story is I wake up out of open heart surgery. I'm eight hours on the operating table. My <laughs> wife sees me, says hi. I hold her hand. I kiss her. I say, I love you. And I say, did we get Aaron Rodgers?" Obviously it didn't happen at that time, but here we are what a month and a half later, 40 some odd days later, and it finally happened. So um, I think that Yeah, I definitely feel relieved. Um, We'll get into the specifics about it in a minute here. I think ultimately, you know, I'd like to get your thoughts. I think they gave up a little bit more than I was anticipating or expecting or thought they should have. However, the way that it really shakes out, I really do like feel like this is kind of a win for both sides, and you really have to do yourself a favor and peel it back to say, the Jets got Aaron freaking Rodgers as their quarterback and, and you got to feel good knowing that I think what's also going to come down the pike here soon is that they have an understanding that it's not only for the 23 season, but also for 24.
0: Yeah. Well, just before I go into this, I will confirm that that Russo did ask his wife that because <laughs> I was texting his wife just to see how he was doing and she said the first thing he said to me to be Rogers when he woke up.
1: Not, I love, Debat- yeah, it's debatable on the order of events there, but we'll, we'll uh, go with your way. That sounds better for the for the purpose of the Oh, podcast. it's
0: so much better for the show, but <laughs> anyway, you hit on a lot of things that I think uh, it's funny because we were just talking about this before we went live. I'm like, I'm excited, obviously, but I think I got more excited the day he said he'd be entitled to play with the Jets more than yesterday just because. We've been waiting for this. We knew it was going to happen. It was a matter of when, not if. So it was a little anticlimactic, but like, it just feels good that all the people were saying, oh, the Jets, they, you know, they're going to have to, you know, play hardball or the Packers have to play hardball, whatever it may be. It's over. We don't have to hear about leverage anymore. We don't have to hear about the Packers holding on until September 1st. But yeah, that really worked out. Everyone who was saying they don't need to make a move. Everybody knew they were going to get this done for the draft because the Packers wanted assets for this year's draft. And I don't blame them. they have a young quarterback. But to me, I mean, the, I think the biggest surprise was, number one, the conditions on the, what the, the, the pick is for next year, which would be a third round pick with conditions that will come at first. But obviously it was more like guaranteed that he comes back if they win the Super Bowl, something like of that nature. But also the fact, and I'm not that upset by it, is that they move back to spots and swap with the Packers for this year's first rounder. Everything else, I mean, we knew the second rounder was going to be in, whether it was 42, 43, but it makes sense that it would be 42 because it's one slot higher, so the Jets can't take their guy for whatever reason. But to me, yeah, I don't like the conditions of the first rounder. It's basically almost guaranteed to become a first rounder because you're expecting him to play 65% of the steps. If he doesn't, it's an unmitigated disaster because it means he got hurt or whatever it may be. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be a first rounder unless he gets hurt. So for me, like, yeah you can you could poke at that all you want but like he's here and it doesn't freaking matter because he's a jet and we finally have a quarterback to run this team and I'm excited what what are your thoughts on the trade package itself
1: yeah I think the the more minor of the surprises was the pick swap 13 for 15 Um, I think people that categorize it and say that Green Bay got pick number 13 overall. Like you're kind of making it seem a little bit one-sided there. Like it's a pick swap. They moved up two spots. Like let's not, you know, uh, say the Jets got fleeced or anything like that. Like, I don't think that happened. Um, uh, That did surprise me a little bit. It does suck to be picking after new England, especially knowing that they're kind of offensive line needy. But again, I think Connor said it on bad lands. Like they're always a wild card in the draft, especially in the first round, you never know what they're going to do. I think you hit the nail on the head in regards to the bigger surprise being the conditions of that second round pick moving up to a first, I think it all but guarantees that it's a first round pick. I thought similar to your um, you know, where your frame of mind was at was that it was going to be more contingent upon team success. If they get to AFC championship, if they get to Super Bowl, then a three becomes a two or a two becomes a one or whatever that may be. The fact that it's 65% of the offensive snaps, uh, that just that, that all but guarantees that it's a first round pick. However, what I do think, and what we kind of alluded to earlier in the show here, is that I do think that the Jets got some sort of guarantees that Aaron Rodgers will be here beyond 2023 uh, and into 2024. Which I know that uh, Connor Hughes has been kind of on that, saying that you'll be surprised and and happily surprised that what the deal will be, um, and that it does guarantee him a second year. So I think we feel a lot better about that. Um, and honestly, again, it's to the point that I made to open: it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Like if we get good Aaron Rodgers for one year, for two years, like we're going to be absolutely happy with that. He is by far the most talented quarterback this organization has ever seen. So the time is now to capitalize on it. This is, you know, uh, playoffs or bust, definitely. And, and in all reality, it's Super Bowl or bust for 23 for the Jets.
0: Yeah, 100%. And what, I like what you're talking about with the contract situation, because that was something I want to touch on because I've heard some things. Can't guarantee any of it's 100% accurate. But yeah, everyone says it's super generous. I've heard that the the number next to those zeros is a single digit. What I don't know what what that means. I'm I I you know I don't want to you know credit anybody in case it isn't correct, but you know it's going to be a like a, a contract that allows this team to make more moves to help supplement Aaron Rodgers and also just get this team closer to being a championship team, which we think they are pretty darn close now that they have him. And for me, like I don't think it's done. Like I know they brought back Conor McGovern and now Rich Sumini said that there still remains contact between the Jets and Quan Alexander, which I love that because it just allows more depth in the linebacker room, which we think is pretty thin for the most part. But you know, Aaron Rodgers is here. And let me ask you, let me ask you and let me ask everybody else. If the Jets listen, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's obviously be disappointing because that's what the expectation is now, which it's like, who are we to say? <laughs> oh the Jets are expected to try to get to the Super Bowl and win it like we haven't had those expectations in, since 2011 or yeah whatever it may be so are you seriously going to be upset if you know we get to the AFC Championship game and the pick is 30th overall no I'm not it's basically a second round pick and this that means this team is close enough where we don't need that I mean we could always use it but like we could find other ways to get more talent like to quote, you know, what's his face? The guy in the Rams, Leslie, fuck them picks. As as said, fuck them picks. I don't really care anymore. What, what are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say in April, leading into May, like Super Bowl or Bust, but it's hard to win a freaking Super Bowl. Like, obviously. It is. One, one out of 32 teams, like people discredit and throw shade at Aaron Rodgers because he's only won one, but he's been in it and, and a threat to win it every single year. And it's hard to win. So when you look at it, like from a Jets fan perspective, and honestly, from uh, the most objective perspective that you could have, it has to be playoffs or bust. If the Jets go eight and nine and miss the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers playing a full season, I'm going to be disappointed. There's no question in that. If they make the playoffs and get to a divisional or an AFC championship and lose, like that's not a failed season. I'm not going to say that. This team hasn't seen the playoffs in 12 years. So let's make sure that we keep those things in perspective. But again, when you look at the gauntlet, that is the AFC. It's not easy, but the good thing is, and let's not put the cart before the horse, but what you can confidently say is that if the Jets get to a playoff game and have to walk into Arrowhead or Cincinnati or Buffalo or any place like that, it is not an automatic loss when you have Aaron Rodgers at the helm for your team. And that's the biggest thing that you can take away because he can go toe-to-toe with the likes of Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or anybody else like that. And there's and there's no question about that either, because if Aaron Rodgers comes in and has an Aaron Rodgers-type game, then he could pull it out. And that's the confidence that you have as a Jets fan coming out of this now with Aaron Rodgers as your QB, is that you know that there's no guaranteed losses here on the schedule, not only in the regular season, but especially if you make it to the postseason and have to go on the road to win a game.
0: Yeah, there's not going to be a week next year unless Rogers was, was was to be hurt, where you're like the Jets can't win that game. Yeah, they can they can be anybody that they play now. I mean, at least they have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to. I don't think they're going to go 17-0, but like, ten wins to me is like that's they have to get to ten wins. I think they should get to 11 or 12 personally with the level of talent on this team and you know what we expect from Rodgers from his ability. But yeah, it's just it's it's awesome. It's an exciting time to be a Jets fan. Yeah, it's probably going to be short-lived, probably two years if I had to make an educated guest today. But, you know, if one of those two years ends up with a Super Bowl or even really getting to one a year, you're, it's you're all going to be it. happy. It's so worth it. And yeah. we, we just want a chance. That's all yeah. it is. I'm not predicting anything. Nothing's guaranteed. You've seen time and time again teams that you thought could do something and they end up, and they end up falling short because of whatever reason. But the Jets have a ponderous chance. And to me that's all you can ask for. The team is trying to win a championship. It's not, you know, rebuilding, being competitive. No, no, no. Like they are going all in, like you're, you know, putting all your money in the middle of the table during a poker game. And that's, that's, it just excites me. It's That's all I can yeah. say. Um. So I feel like everyone's been digesting this, but I think the big thing here is since the draft is in two days is like, what do they do at 15? Because all off season long, we've been hearing, you know, the Paris shots of the world, Skaransky, Bronte Jones, whoever now, even the Darnell Wright from Tennessee. But I think that there's a chance that they don't necessarily go offensive line. I mean, that would be my you know, preferred option really, because I think there's a lot of uncertainty with an old Dwayne Brown, you know, Beckton, who hasn't been reliable for two years, Max Mitchell coming off the blood clots. And then obviously you got guys in the interior, Lincoln didn't play that well last year and McGovern was okay. And they just run him back. But to me, I think there's a chance of an interior defensive lineman. I think they're very thin beyond Quentin Williams. I know that he signed um, the guy from the Seahawks of but I think it's Quentin, Quentin Johnson. Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson. I'm mixing him up with the TCU wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they obviously have Solomon Thomas and then they yeah. have yeah, it, JFM. So it's like they have guys, but they really need someone else. And like Quentin's contract is still an issue. So I don't foresee him holding out very long or anything like that. I think that'll get done before camp. But I think the guy from Pitt is really a realistic option, or if a guy like Jalen Carter slips, that they would really pull the trigger with that, especially if the top three offensive linemen are off the board, which I think is a pretty high possibility that it happens because a lot of teams need offensive line help. I mean, New England might need it. I think uh, the Raiders could use it. Plenty of teams could use it. So what do you you think about that? What do you think they'll do at 15 now that they've moved back to spots?
1: Yeah, I still feel like – offensive line is going to be the pick if one of them is there um yeah and that's just knowing joe douglas's philosophy how much emphasis robert sala really put on the injuries to the offensive line and what that meant to the demise of this team down the stretch last year i think he put so much blame on that fact um and and didn't hold back about it it was obvious right so I don't think having depth, uh, especially young depth, would be a bad thing at all. I don't think you can fully rely on Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton, um, at either tackle spot. Obviously, mm-hmm. Dwayne Brown's, I think, 38 approaching 39, or, or just turned 38, obviously coming off a of shoulder surgery. Makai Becton is a wild card. I mean, if he comes back, great, that's uh, that's a cherry on top, but you can't rely on that either. Max Mitchell coming off of blood clots. That's a that's a serious thing. Nice, you know, he, nice. he 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 played, you know, well. Um for a rookie, you know, sliding into the right tackle starting spot. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker coming off of uh, what? A torn, torn pec, right? Torn triceps, torn pec, whatever it was. Um, Um, Shoulder injury, not pec. Yeah. Okay. So either way, like seasoning and season ending injuries, you re-sign Connor McGovern, who I'm not, I'm not mad about that re-signing. I think it's, it's good. I think he's a consistent player. I think he's reliable. I think he's kind of the, you know, uh, low risk, um, you know, type of signing. And, and, you know, they were talking to Ben Jones who, who knows if Ben Jones is going to play football anymore. And then Lincoln Thompson will obviously had a down year. So I just think that solidifying that offensive line, knowing that you have Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But when you look at the stats, but you know, um, when he's protected, clearly that's, uh, they're going to put a huge emphasis on there. So honestly, um, because the Aaron Rodgers saga has taken so long, you know, you and I have talked about it. Like, I feel like it's taken my attention away from the draft uh, really. So outside of OL, I don't know what else they would do at 15. I think you could be right in the Kalaja Kansi. i um, not sure if an undersized defensive tackle is is kind of what they're looking for to pair with, with Quinn and Williams, or if they view him as an, as an every down lineman, but in the solace you know, scheme, really they rotate defensive lineman all the time. So it may be the perfect fit. And then you wonder if a team gets frisky and wants to trade up, and if Joe Douglas, you know, gets frisky himself and wants to trade back and kind of recoup some of the draft capital that he lost um, in the in the trade with Green Bay. So it's it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm uh, I'm excited to see kind of how it shakes out. But like I said uh, to open, if 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 OL is truly there, one of the top three or four um, at fifteen, I can't see them going away from that. Particularly if it's a guy that they that they think has some versatility that can maybe play multiple spots along that line.
0: Yeah, I think trading back is definitely something they need to consider, especially if one of the tackles isn't there, because if there's a guy that they like, that they feel will be there, if they maybe move back 10 spots, recruit those assets to fill other needs across the roster. Like, I know Joe Paparosa has been saying, you know, maybe doing taking a tight end because it's a really good class, even though you're like, why would they do that? They have uh, the two guys they signed in Uzama and Conklin last year, plus they draft the record, but like you'd imagine that one of those guys is Probably not here next year. You'd think that they'd move off of one of them unless they, they both play really well and they don't It feels confident in record. So to me, I think that's something you have to consider, especially the big thing for Jeff fans to do is watch to see if any of these quarterbacks drop. Like, I think Bryce Young's going number one. It seems pretty safe, but there's been a lot of questions about the Texans that they may not take a quarterback, which obviously has three of them moving further back than we initially thought. So if a guy like Richardson, Stroud, I know there's been stuff with the S2 test. Maybe he drops a little bit or uh, Will Levis, like if a team wants them at 15, I feel like that's such a prime spot, middle of the first round, you know, the contract's a little bit cheaper than I'm paying for a top 10 quarterback. I know it's like a little bit, but these things matter from a cap perspective, long-term, you know, long-term thinking. Plus the other thing is that people actually aren't talking about is one of the teams, I think it's, it's the dolphins. They don't have uh, a first round pick. They lost it because of the stuff with Steven Ross. So there's only 31 first round picks. Which means there might be teams more aggressive, one less spot um, in the in the first round to get that fifth year option, which Correct. matters a lot for quarterbacks. I, I know that's not something that we're thinking about as chef fans, but it is something that teams are thinking about if they want to trade for up sure. to get somebody. So you never know. Draft day is always weird. There's always things that happen that surprise us. I think Bryce Young going one is really the only thing I feel pretty confident about, but everything after that, I don't really know what's going to happen. And the Jets, sure. you know, being at fifteen, you have no idea who's going to be on the board. So it, yeah. it's fun because we're not, you know, a top ten, t- you know, pick because that usually means you suck. And you know, we'll see because hopefully this guy can contribute. Whoever they take, you know, in, in a championship or bust year.
1: And w- what's nice is, is that you can confidently say, like, okay, we've really. The Jets have kind of shrunk down the holes that are on their roster to yes. the point where the, the the needs aren't so widespread where they can go any one of the directions like really you feel like the needs are offensive line, interior defensive line, um linebacker, safety and wide receiver and they're probably not going any of the latter three in the first mm-hmm. round unless like if a, if a JS, if a JSN drops to fifteen and the the top o the top four o, o linemen are gone. Like I would be all for that, and then that gives you more flexibility. Gives you a guy to kind of bring along. Um, you know, as that two a two b option outside a you know on the opposite side of Garrett Wilson. Like that'd be something I'd be I'd be all for. To, interesting, um, to see. But also the other the other fact is we are talking about trading up a guy like that drops and some teams really hot for him and Joe Douglas can recoup a second round pick, one of the, you know, 42 that he lost, um, you know, then that's that's obviously in play. And I know Joe, Joe Douglas likes those picks. So um, I think it's a deep draft. So we'll see kind of how it shakes out. But it's going to be fascinating. It's nice that we're kind of playing with house money, so to speak. We got the quarterback like we don't have so many needs to fill. Like it's kind of nice to see what the Jets are going to do, knowing that we can be a little more confident um, with the draft this year.
0: I don't think JSN will be there at 15. I think the Packers are targeting him with the pick that they just
1: got from us. Wouldn't they, that? Why. Isn't that something like never a first-round receiver taken when Aaron Rodgers at the helm? and they uh, they trade Aaron Rodgers and go get him at 13.
0: They they heard what he said on um, Pat McAfee a month and a half ago, whatever it was. At this point, they, they you know they want to be petty. I mean, this most you know divorces and marriages and stuff like this, it never ends well. So yeah. It, it, they want to make this, you know, he's not a rookie quarterback, but he is essentially because this will be his first full season as a starter. They want to give him as much talent as they can to see what they have because they have to make a decision about what they want to do with him long term. Because I think they have to make, they have to choose if they want to pick up his fifth year option, which I think at this point they're probably not going to do because, you know, you never really see much from him. I mean, outside of mop-up duty last year, I think it was against the Eagles on prime time and hit one start. I think it was against uh, Kansas city a couple of, it was in 2021 when Rogers had COVID. You haven't seen much. So you really don't know. And I'm, I think that they like what they have, but they want to definitely surround him with his best uh, talent as they can. And uh, hopefully, you know, maybe a guy like JSM does slip and maybe the Jets pull the trigger because I would be super cool with that. I think, Having him and Garrett together would be awesome because they're former teammates at Ohio State. They're good friends. He even has said in the past that JSN's better than him, which that might be getting a
1: little bit ahead of ourselves. Garrett's awesome.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's just trying to get his friend dressed a little yeah, bit Yeah, It felt a
1: little scripted, but I, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to believe that Garrett Wilson thinks that anybody's better than him. But hey.
0: I feel like every NFL player thinks that nobody's better than them if exactly. we're being honest with ourselves. Right. Yes. <laughs> Remember Dean Elder? He's like, I'm the best quarterback <laughs> in the league. Oh, That guy sucked. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Um, so it, it should be an exciting weekend because, you know, he's always about the future, but with this team, it's the now, and we're going to see what they're going to try to do to really help this team win football games this year. To me, I think I'm most excited about in addition to obviously you know, the 15th pick. It's just whatever Roger's contract looks like, because I feel like if it's like as cheap as they were saying, it's going to be, maybe they trade for a veteran guy to help a big position. Maybe they trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they trade for somebody who's available. I remember when I mentioned Michael Pittman, we had Joe on, like maybe he becomes available. I don't know. I would, I, if I was the Colts, I wouldn't trade him, but he may want a contract and they may not want to pay him what he wants. So anything's possible. We didn't think that A.J. Brown would get moved the way he did during the draft. And we were obviously all like, why didn't the Jets do that trade? Well, I don't think he wanted to play for the Jets, which is probably why it didn't go through. So, so much to come, you know?
1: Yeah. And you've kind of seen the NFL kind of have that uptick over the course of the last few years with more trade deadline moves, more draft day moves of actual players. So, it becomes more of an exciting time. And I, I think you're right. Like, now that Rodgers is officially here, the draw to come to New York for an offensive weapon obviously is bigger. So I still think that seeing how this wide receiver room shakes out is one of the more fascinating questions over the next few months, because I'm, I still, I'm a fan of Corey Davis. I like him, right? I yeah. like what he brings to the table in terms of his blocking ability and his big playability. I think over the course of the last two years, even with Zach Wilson at the helm, he's been, um, you know, outside of Garrett Wilson, their biggest big play threat. He made the big play against Cleveland. He had the big play against yep. Kent, or, uh, Tennessee in, um, in in 2021. He had a deep ball against, uh, against Green Bay that I think set up a score. So, like, he's been good, but the biggest questions remain are, can he stay healthy? Can he be reliable to make catches? And is he going to continue those boneheaded mistakes and, and penalties that truly set your team back? I think if he can rectify those things and yeah, he's a nice like two B or three option because I don't think you can rely on Nicole Hardman to kind of be the full-time slot. So if you have a nice balance of Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Corey Davis, that could work. However, it can't be relied upon. So to your point, Stephen, going and getting a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or if a Michael Pittman is truly available, or if there's a name that we're not thinking of right now that may be available. I just think there's someone in that mold that can split time between uh, be uh, opposite or can split time with Lazard being opposite of Garrett Wilson. That's what this team needs because I just don't think the way that it's set right now, you can truly rely on that. And that's kind of my biggest uh, um question mark as we continue through, you know, the next few months in training camp is what they really do with that. Are they really going to roll into the season with this? And maybe, maybe that's their plan. Uh, the way that I see it, I know that the, coaching staff thinks the world of Corey Davis. I know they love the intangibles and kinds of the the things that only show up on game film that the, you know, the naked eye doesn't really see. I know they love that stuff out of him, but from my perspective, I don't know if you can truly rely upon that to be, um, you know, something that uh, you can really count on come Sundays.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they keep him, that's fine, but I would prefer to upgrade if possible, if they traded for someone or they drafted someone that, yeah, but like, he's fine, but, He's, I think Lazard is going to do a lot of the things that Corey's done in the past, and I think he's you know he's younger, he stays yeah. healthy, and he also has the familiarity with the quarterback. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah,
1: and he's six, five, 230. Like Corey's a big dude. Alan Lazard is huge. Yeah, he's huge. Six, five, 230. That's something you know we've emphasized that Joe and Connor on Badlands have emphasized that they're a small team, so they're getting bigger and getting someone in the red zone, and now like. Think about that with legit quarterback play, like what this red zone offense could look like now. With the these tight players. ends are going to eat tight end, exactly. You got Uzama. you got um, uh, Rucker hopefully coming to his own. You got Conklin. Like this could be, it's this this offense should be good and really exciting. And that's something that's <laughs> like, I mean. I don't even know how to, I don't, it's like, you know, Ricky Bout, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like I just, yeah. I, it's like, you really don't know how to react to that because it's been so long since the Jets have had a legitimately good offense, but I really do think this has potential to be one.
0: It does. So we're going to do two last, two more things before we, ha- we wrap because I know yeah. you have some kids coming off the bus soon. Yes. Um, predict Aaron Rodgers' stat line in 2023,
1: assuming he plays a full season. Oh, jeez. And if um, you want me to go
0: first, I will. I'll give you my number. Yeah,
1: go, go first. Let me, uh, so,
0: he's going to be the first Jets quarterback in a while to throw over 4,000 yards. I think he's in a while. For-
1: <laughs> I think since Joe Namath. Yeah. <laughs> the well, only
0: other one. I wasn't sure if Fitz did. I don't, I realized that. He no, Fitz, I think
1: Fitz threw for like just over 3000 yeah, or Kenny O Kenny O
0: might have actually, but I think he'll throw for like 4,500 yards. I think like 34 touchdowns and like nine interceptions Completion percentage of like 66%. And I think I'll probably have like two or three rushing touchdowns. So that's almost like, you know, if I said uh 34, chance thirty seven total. You'll sign up for that any day of the week. gets a chance,
1: yeah. I mean, I like that stat line. I'll, I'll stay right around where you are. I'll say probably like forty two hundred yards, somewhere in the neighborhood of like. 38 TDs, nine or ten picks, throw a couple of rushing touchdowns in there. I think that's fair, and I think probably around the the 62 to 63 uh, percent completion percentage mark. I do think um, you're going to get him throwing the ball downfield a little bit more, which will obviously lead to uh, a lower completion percentage. But I do think the Jets have the ability to go deep. I think you see the highlights from Green Bay. Alan Lazard has uh, has the ability to get deep, especially with his size. Clearly, Cole Hardman does with his speed, and I, I think something. And and yeah, me too. If he can stay healthy, like that's a big addition. And, and you know, not more than just a gadget guy, but the gadget part of him excites you too. And I think something that we just simply couldn't see because of the quarterback play was Garrett Wilson's ability to get deep and make plays. And that's good. That's got to excite him. I mean, that's got to excite the fan base and Garrett Wilson himself to be able to kind of, you know, make some plays down the field and not just making it all happen in the middle of the field himself after the catch.
0: (laughs) Yes. So the next one's going to be tough and I'm going to help you a little bit because we obviously heard the rumor from Schefter yesterday that they probably are going to have six um what's it called something of right, primetime games yeah who are the six opponents going to be i just uh put it in the chat for you to see who their <laughs> opponents are so you have a list so you can look at it so i'll go first okay. i think i know the chiefs are coming about life that's going to be a primetime game like there's no doubt that they're the nfl is not salivating of having rogers mahomes in new york in primetime that's definitely going to happen i think cowboys at and jets on thanksgiving at four o'clock is definitely a primetime game so that's two. I think Giants will be one because why not have the New York New York Rivalry going? I think we'll have some AFC East ones. I think Buffalo and I also think New England. So that got to four. And then I think there's a chance that the Chargers, the Eagles, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But I, I think those four for certain. And uh, you know, maybe the Browns. Maybe the Browns like the low-key one, you know?
1: The Browns could be interesting. Yeah. I I agree. I think. The certain ones are Dallas, the Giants, and I think Buffalo, New England. I think you sh- you probably have a Thursday night or Monday nighter, Buffalo, New England, however that shakes out. Yeah,
0: that one's – if they play New England in prime time, it's going to be Thursday night. It's not going to yeah. be Monday or Sunday.
1: And, and I agree with you. I think the other – probably two out of the three will be it, – it'll be two out of the three, Eagles, Chargers, Kansas City. I think Kansas City is obviously yeah. a huge draw. Mahomes against Rodgers. Um I think the Eagles being obviously defending uh, NFC champs like that's a big one but I just think the the draw of kind of uh the Chargers Justin Herbert being this young big gunslinger against Aaron Rodgers like that could be just one that's um uh you know maybe they they just throw it in as like a, either a Sunday nighter or a Monday nighter or something like that but I don't know, man. The the old guy to me is like I love I love primetime games. A lot of the greatest memories I have the Jets fan are, are on primetime. Like they you know, the Monday night miracle. I know they uh they beat the Dolphins on Christmas night on a Sunday night game in 06 to set themselves up for a um a win and in game. Um, you know, there's so many cool memories on Monday night, but man, the older I get, the more I like those Sunday one PM uh one PM slate games. That, <laughs> well yeah, you know what I mean? you could sleep a little bit, you know, yeah, you know exactly. But, I think
0: uh, I think that there's – I mean, there's a chance. I, I think Kansas City should be one, but I also could see CBS being like, no, we want that for 425. True, true. I mean, they they want that to be a Jim and Tony game, so I get but it. But
1: I do think uh, if I were a betting man, I'd say the lock is Jets-Giants week one Sunday night football. And lock? Oh. Lock. And uh, Jets-Cowboys uh, at 4 o'clock on, on Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, so – Oh, I know people floated out the Chiefs, but they can't because they can't um, – they would be um, – what's it called? The Chiefs are the at home. Yeah, they're yeah. at home on Thursday night. And I, someone said that the Jets, I think, are playing at home. I'm not 100%. Oh, I'm sorry. The Jets are playing the Chiefs, but it's in MetLife. The game has to be against the yeah. So They can't be playing the first game of the season. Yeah.
1: So. I was I like trying to remember game. what it
0: was, why you know they I couldn't know. be in that game. And honestly, I'm happy because that would suck if they went into the first week and then lost against
1: I know. Jets, Giants, Sunday night opener. That would be pretty sweet. That's what it's gonna be. All right. That's my prediction. I'll t-
0: I'll take it. It would be cool if it was New England and we could beat them finally. Oh, that would definitely God. get the season off to a high oh, note,
1: right? Yeah, that'd be <laughs> that'd be good. Just get that monkey off the back immediately and out of the way.
0: Yeah. Any closing thoughts, Steven, before I let you go?
1: No, like I said to open, it's uh, it's a good day to be a Jets fan. I think you um, you just have to be encouraged. You have to give Sala, Joe Douglas, and Woody Johnson credit for for yep. getting this done, for closing the deal. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, building a culture that Aaron Rodgers wants to be a part of. And uh, that's a big thing. That's a win for the organization. So let's just uh, enjoy it while it's here. Enjoy the draft. This is typically our time to shine, the offseason, the <laughs> free agency period and draft. But now... Um, you know, we have a legit, uh, roster and quarterback that can, that can make a a serious run. That's something to be excited about. So
0: all you want is a shot. Like I said earlier in the show, um, we appreciate everybody who tuned into the live stream. The show will definitely be on Apple and Spotify, you know, shortly after we go dark. Um, thank you to everyone who subscribed, whether it's on YouTube, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon. And if you have not done so, please, please do so. We really appreciate all the support. We've hit some milestones in the past few months from a sub perspective. And it's just, it's great when we get that feedback from people, of what they like about the show or what they, you know, they want us to do differently. So to subscribe, make sure youtube.com slash jets TV, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, just search turn the jets live. You'll see our logo, which shows up. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Probably be doing something right after the first night of the draft. See you guys soon.